Well, good morning and welcome to the weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Deb Ruggiero, host and creator of the show Amazing Women Making a Difference. My guest is no stranger to New England news viewers. Allison Bologna is an award-winning journalist. She's been co-anchoring the morning news at WJR-TV weekdays. She was a reporter and anchor at Fox 25 in Boston and was a producer in New York City for Dateline NBC. She's a native New Englander. Yes. comes from Connecticut. She's married to uh, her husband, Dave Monjo, who's a videographer over at WCVB in Boston. Uh, Allison is also an entrepreneur. She started Shree Studio, a nonprofit, 501c3 in Pawtucket. Shree provides hundreds of free yoga classes to students, to seniors, and I'm so thrilled that you're joining us. Good morning, Allison. Thanks for having me, Deb. Good morning. <laughs> nice to see you again. You know, we've had so many conversations and lunches, and I thought, you know, more people need to hear your story. It just can't be between us. <laughs> okay, that's fair. So I mentioned you uh, live in Pawtucket. Uh, mm -hmm. What prompted you to start Shri Yoga, and what does Shri, spelled S-H-R-I, mean? Sure. In the language of yoga, which is Sanskrit, Shri means light affirming, life affirming energy, light abundance. And living in Pawtucket, I thought it would be important to contribute to the community I live and work in by opening up the studio in downtown Pawtucket, which since the Industrial Revolution has seen some brighter days. Mm -hmm. So the idea was we started with Shri Studio in 2010, went into an empty storefront, opened up the space, and started with some yoga classes to the immediate community. And then when we started realizing when schools and recovery centers and other agencies started asking for our services, we came up with a model and married a 501c3 nonprofit to its free service course so that we could fund free classes ourselves so they could be free to the community at large, to both the students and to the agencies to which they belong. So I've been living in Pawtucket for a very long time, and I just felt it was important to contribute to my community. As a journalist, I did that mm -hmm. one way, but this is another way to do community. Mm. Reach. Absolutely. I just wanted to take everything I was learning in the community through my profession and then do something with it in a positive way. And you're doing so much. I mean, your, your yoga classes go beyond just Pawtucket. I mean, you had called Absolutely. me to connect with the superintendent of Jamestown schools for students <laughs> to have free yoga. So explain the connection, how that works. You know, how do you decide what senior centers you're going to work with, what school systems you're going to work with? Uh, talk about that. Sure. So when we first started Tree um, downtown Pawtucket, we served the immediate community to which we belong. So Jim Gillen opened up the first recovery center funded by the Providence Center that was on our block. So that was the first outreach class. Mm -hmm. Then Blackstone Valley Prep came to us to plug in classes into their PE period um, in Cumberland, again, in our neighborhood. Then our first adaptive class was in 2012. That was the Flying Shuttle Art Studio in Pawtucket across the street from us. And then as we started building our immediate programs in our immediate neighborhood, people started hearing about our programs and wanted us to come to them if they weren't in Providence County. And an example of that would be Bradley Pediatric Hospital. We started with one program, which was essentially our school project curriculum with younger children in the partial hospitalization program. And now we're doing since then more than 20 classes a week at Bradley in both residential and partial residential programs. Wow. We are statewide, even though we are based and in the midst of renovating a once blighted historic mill in downtown and expanding into affordable housing. While that's home base, we certainly are not limited to bringing people to and from Pawtucket. We'll go to where anybody really needs us. Mm -hmm. So it's all over the state. So how does it work? How does a senior or a student access sure. the programs and how are you funded for these programs? Sure. Most times 
uh, we get a phone call, an email that says, I heard about SHRI. Um, we'd love to bring a program to our school, shelter, hospital, recovery center. What does that look like? So we have a general intake form, and we usually start with a matching model so that there's a contribution of energy from both sides. But if an agency doesn't have funding, our 501c3 picks up, and if we see that the agency has staff that can assist us and participate. And we have a class of let's say eight or 15 students where we can see there's a need in a group community. We will fund that class. And we get the funding from funders such as Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, CVS Health, but we also do a lot of private fundraising ourselves by asking the community to support our work. An example is last Saturday, we just did our third annual sponsor a spot where we raised more than $25,000, where we came out, rolled our mats, practiced for two hours, and people sponsored our spots. And 100% of those proceeds then funds free classes to both students and to the agencies to which they belong. So Jamestown was interesting because we actually went, with your help, to the superintendent of schools because we had some space that became available to us. Mm -hmm. And our Shreebark snacks are in the schools. But usually most students, schools, shelters, hospitals, recovery centers, they'll shoot us an email and say, we really love your programming. How do we do that? And the mm -hmm. whole point of our nonprofit arm is to be able to offer the programs to agencies that may not have the funding in it yet in their budgets. So a lot of it is fundraising, corporate sponsorships. I mean, you must be nonstop trying to raise money to really sustain a lot of these programs that are going on throughout the state. Yes and no, but at the same time, Blue Cross Blue Shield, they've seen so many of our programs that they've been a consistent funder for us year after year. Um, actually, right before we got on this call, I was putting in a letter to the Ruthier Foundation that's funded us last year, and they invited us to write another request this year. So a lot of it is word of mouth and the opportunity for us with our funders to communicate with them all year long with pictures, stories, and numbers about how our programs are having an impact. Mm -hmm. And it's not just me doing that. It's teachers who share with us their stories every week because I can't be teaching all these classes myself, right? No one can. <laughs> uh, my class right now is the Friday Alzheimer's class at the Hope Center. Then I sub for all the other teachers. We all sub for one another. But um, it comes down to me and an administrative team, Shannon, Kristen, we all pull together resources and we have a spreadsheet and calendars and we keep track of our numbers. That's great. Not just the cost of programs, but the impact they're having by the number of students served. Not to say if we have a class and only two students show up. I say only in terms of like a data point, but right. two students, just as important as 15. Sure. But when we're working with big corporations, they like to have some, some measure. And right. So it's all that, that return on our investment, right? Yeah. So what's the biggest challenge for you, Allison? Um, keeping up with the request of programs. So we just completed a yoga teacher training. So all of our teachers are trained in what we call the Shri curriculum. So what makes this program special is it's not like we're just hiring yoga teachers and sending them out to do these outreach programs. They're trained on the Shri methodology and the curriculum at an 80-hour level. And then once we hire those teachers, it's about matching teachers to the appropriate populations. So that's what's so important about our program is that there's consistency across the board. So I would say keeping up with the demands, not the fundraising and not the funding, but just having enough teachers. Right. We already have more than 40 teachers. I just certified four more in the last two months, and we still need more teachers, believe it or not. So let's talk about the certification, you know, because I, I think you're right, making sure you have enough teachers. It's like the workforce development issue that everybody Absolutely. seems to have. Yes. And, and so let's talk about the SHRI values and what it means to be SHRI certified. I saw on your website, you know, SHRI could stand for support, honor, respect, inspire. 
great words, but what does that mean in terms of a value yeah. system? So when we start every class, we start with what we call introductions and intentions. And it begins with the teacher setting an intention Depends on the week and the lesson plan, but who or what you support or who or what do you honor? And we verbalize that in whatever way we can with our group. And then we take it off the mat too. Something I tell our teachers outside of the curriculum is to become a really present teacher in the community. You have to consistently show up. It's not about teaching once in a while. It's about committing to a group of classes and consistently showing up. And time management is so important when it comes to serving the community. So those are some of the values, supporting one another, honoring one another, showing up to your classes on time, working with other teachers when and if you need help. We have a whole team of project leaders per groups of classes that serve as mentors to other teachers. And I expect all of us to support one another when it comes to a lesson plan or subbing in the case of an emergency. We rarely cancel classes in the community because they're embedded in the school day of our schools or in the programming of the Alzheimer's Center or Senior Center. So we have to show up and respect the agencies we serve in addition to supporting and respecting one another with things that pop up in life. So it's showing up figuratively and literally to make yes. it happen. If so just... I want to mention something about that. We have um, a program, it's called mystery.org and it's software that was developed specifically for the work we do. And at the end of every day, each teacher is required to put a number of students who showed up in the class in class notes. So the administrators, myself and three other folks at Shree can go in at any point and see exactly a snapshot of what's happening during the day. And if I need somebody to sub, for instance, my Hope Alzheimer's class on Friday, they can quickly go back to my notes from the day before and see where I left off and based upon the curriculum, where they're going to jump off for the next class. Oh, that's every, yeah. Yes, every class has a main teacher and we have two sub buddies for each of us so that there's always consistency with who the students see. We want to reduce stress in the community. And if you keep showing different faces, even if you're trained on the same curriculum to a group of people, that could cause stress instead of reducing it. So that's another yeah. way we kind of instill all these values. So everything that we do from the administrative side down to when we're on the matter in the chair is trauma informed. And making sure that there's consistency and familiarity. Oh, if you're just joining us, uh, welcome to the weekend and good morning. I'm Deb Ruggiero, host and creator of Amazing Women, making a difference throughout New England. My guest this morning is Allison Bologna, the owner of Shree Studio in Pawtucket, providing yoga to seniors, students, and so many people. And yes, she's also the morning co-host on WJAR-TV with Mario Hilario. I love Mario, by the we way. We all love Mario. <laughs> now, didn't he Mario marry you? Us. <laughs> I was going to say he married you and Dave, of didn't he? Of course he did. Of course he did. Now, what's it like to work with Mario? Does he ever get mad? He just seems so um, calm and fun. I have a big, um, mm -hmm. there are a couple of times where he gets a little worked up, but it's because he wants to think, see things done right. He cares that video matches what we're talking about, but no, for the most part, Mario, by the way, he supports Shree in all kinds of different ways, but he would be a good yoga teacher because he's very good at managing stress. Yes. He's very good about taking a breath before reacting to something. And, you know, a lot of people think of yoga standing on your head and handstands and all that, and that's fine if that's the type of practice you're into, but really it's a mental practice. It's about preparing the body so that you can cope with stress and communicate with people in a supportive way. And Mario is very good at that, even though he doesn't join me on the mat or in a chair all the time, <laughs> very much a yogi. <laughs> well, you can sense the synergy too between the two of you on the news desk. 
we've been friends for a long time. So it just is a good fit. It's a really That is. Oh, what do you love most about TV news? You know, what stories do you love to cover and which ones uh, do you just, oh my God, I don't want to have to do right. that one again. <laughs> I love the pace of local news. I started my career at, at the network at NBC News. And while I loved that job, you'd spend one year on maybe two stories on the investigative level. I love the quick turn, the pace mm -hmm. of local news. I've coming up on about two years of reporting on the opioids epidemic, which is sad and draining yeah. to report mm -hmm. on, but at the same time necessary. And I think it's making a difference. So I find great value in that. Um, and I like living in the community that I report on. I think that makes a difference. Totally. Um, I first started Shree. Yeah, I was living in Pawtucket, but working in Boston. But I'm the type of person who likes to get up and do things. I believe in taking action and not sitting back to the best of our ability with skill. That's karma yoga defined. <laughs> but I was struggling as a reporter, you know, going out, turning a story. And then that's kind of it, unless you do a follow-up a week or two later. I feel like my yoga outreach work is a way to connect with the community on a more personal level and not leaving schools and recovery centers mm -hmm. and other places in a lurch. But at the same time, Deb, I have very separate boundaries between both worlds. And I'm and very careful, Don't very, worry. very careful about being true to both. And I can see we're covering a story. You finish the story, it's wrapped up, it's on the news, and then it's like, okay, that's it. It's the end. There's no continuity of any of this. Um, and I know you've been a journalist for a long time. You worked in Boston and in New York. How has broadcast journalism changed over the past <laughs> decade? And, and, and do you find many young people getting into TV news? Do you have two hours? <laughs> <laughs> no, we have about 12 minutes oh, left. Oh, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, we're turning more than one story a day. Yeah. Um, the stories have gotten shorter. Definitely. You know, a minute and a half used to be the standard run for a particular story. Now we're down to a minute 15. Sometimes actually on the Sunrise Show, we turn mostly Vo Sots, which is video over. Um, we talk over video, VO, right. and then quick sound bites, sound on tape versus running what we call packages or those, you know, minute and a half stories. However, having said that, um, NBC 10 does a really good job of making space for stories that wa warranted at the same time. But you really have to go to the news director with a good reason and some credibility for that to right. happen. Yeah. I think younger people are getting more discouraged um, because they're not necessarily always getting the mentorship that they need. And part of that is on them too, because you really need to ask for it. I always did. Even right. coming up in the network, I went out of my way to work extra long hours and align myself with producers who I respected. So it's a give and take. But also, the demands have changed. I never shot my own stories. That's right. being top 10 markets. Dave's a chief photographer at Channel 5. He's an incredible, incredible uh, photographer. So when people go out with him, they know they're kind of taken care of. But he's developed that skill over 20 years, eight Emmys later. Nowadays, they're asking reporters who are trying to get two stories on in smaller markets, not in the bigger markets like Boston and very rarely in Rhode Island, depending on the station you're at. You know, you've got younger reporters who might have just moved to the area. They have to shoot and edit their own stories, and they're turning more than one story a day. And it's a lot That's of demand. You see um, reporters burning out. Well, well it's not only a lot of demand to have to do all that, but let's face it, young reporters starting out, especially in Rhode Island TV news, they're making about $40,000 a year. So you're not making enough money really to sustain yourself. So you've got to be so passionate, you know, a real hard row. 
What we need to in Rhode Island is to have more. We just hired um, a woman who's from East Greenwich who's coming back home. So that was like a plus. I mm-hmm. think we'd be um, doing ourselves a great service if we started hiring more people like Liz who are from Rhode Island, want to be back home, start families here, and they're not using it as a jumping off point. That's I right. admittedly moved here from New York City because NBC owned Channel 10. So it was almost like a job transfer, and there happened to be an opening at that time. I thought I was going to go back to New York at some point. I couldn't imagine a life outside of New York City. Right. But then <laughs> However, you fall in love. Yes, yes. Right? It However, was easy to fall in love with Rhode Island. Lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I made a life for myself. And now my parents, as you know, Deb, have moved to Jamestown. I have a disabled yeah. sister who's benefiting from the social service agencies. So things happen. I think for news to really do well, we need to bring back people who want this to be their home. Either they grew up here or they want to make a life here. And I think that's how we develop really strong journalists who serve our community to the best of their ability. And that's a smart strategy because what happens is most people will start here and realize they can drive 45 minutes to Boston and make two, three times the money doing the exact same amount of work. So that's an excellent point to lure people to here. Sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked a little bit about your family. Yes, your mom and dad live in Jamestown. Your sister, Jackie, I know with whom you're very, very close. Tell us about your family and, and sure. how that, you know, works into your life with Shri. So I'm the oldest of three girls. My sister, Jessica, just moved to Maine. We're all in New England now, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents are New Yorkers, but they're in New England now. And my parents moved to Jamestown about two and a half years ago. My youngest sister, Jackie, is in her early 40s, and I'm six years older than her. And she's diagnosed with something called tuberous sclerosis. So she's autistic, nonverbal, suffers from seizures, and she requires 24-7 care. And my father is her main caregiver right now because my mother's um, dealing with another illness. But I convinced them a few years ago through my work with Shri, actually, and being exposed to all these different social service agencies, and not just uh, the executive directors, but the direct service professionals, the people who are, you know, driving the vans and coming into our studio and working um, with adults with intellectual, developmental, physical disabilities, started learning about all these wonderful agencies we do have in Rhode Island. Looking upwards, Jackie goes to, in addition to Life Bank, I have mm-hmm. tremendous respect for Liz Wiedenhofer, who runs Life Inc., but Avatar, Access Point, Fogarty Center, West Bay, we work with all these agencies. And after about six, seven years, when I learned all the great work they're doing, and the ratio, by the way, of staff to to folks with needs for services, I talked to my dad about and said, you know, you you should move closer to me if you're open to it. So, So he did, and we're kind of jumping in and doing more philanthropic work together, which is nice. That's great. And I love your point. I so agree with you. The direct service providers are moving the world when it they comes are. to all of those social service agencies. Often well, and I, you commend you, heroes. I commend you and Senator De Palma too for pushing for higher wages for them, which I think is really important too, because they Absolutely. are heroes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, hey, if you're just joining us, good morning. I'm Deb Ruggiero, host and creator of Amazing Women, Making a Difference, the website, amazingwomenri.com. Allison Bologna is my guest this morning, an award-winning journalist and the founder of Shri Yoga Studio, providing hundreds of free classes every month. Uh, for so many people, as you mentioned, you're working with those with developmental disabilities, you're working with seniors, with students. You know, How do you determine how to schedule these classes? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. We're always <laughs> scheduling things. It starts with an intake form and it's what does the community need? Mm-hmm. So in Jamestown, for example, the superintendent said uh, Tuesdays at three o'clock would be great. Okay, great. So now we're trying to decide, does it make sense to bring folks to a studio or do we better serve them by going to the school? So mm-hmm. we really put the community needs first. 
course. That's the most important thing. And then it's about matching the appropriate teacher with the community and making sure we have the funding to support it. The funding primarily pays teachers for their time. And I think that is so important. Totally. We do have volunteer opportunities for people at Shree when it comes to like our annual fundraiser, things like that. But the reason why we fundraise is so that the classes are free to the students and to the agencies to which they belong. But we can pay our teachers for showing up because they go through training, they carry insurance, and they have to put gas in their cars to get to their classes. Mm -hmm. So we want to support teachers, the teachers who work with us, if they're aligned with us, as much as we support our students. So the scheduling is all run by our operations director, our superstar, Shannon. And we kind of have this philosophy of if we can bang it out in like three emails, it's a fit. But if it <laughs> takes like six months for it to shake out, maybe this year isn't the year. No. Kind of fit. So how many people in your organization. How large is Shree? We have about 43 of us. Wow. Um, and we just, I just certified four more teachers and there's about eight more who are about to finish up their certification. So I'm trying to run that training once a year. It's a hybrid training. COVID made us very efficient. We did not slow down during COVID. We shut the studio doors in Pawtucket on Friday, March 13th, but then we, within two weeks, transferred everything over as best of our ability. And if the agencies could handle it, mm -hmm. over to Zoom. So we did all live programming, nothing pre-recorded during Zoom. Wow. So that we could at least show up for students and say, good morning, Alfred. It's Allison. I support you. That's How great. do you support Robert, your roommate in your home? Mm. So all of that kept going um, during COVID. It didn't work with every population, Deb. It was too much stress, for example, for caregivers who were dealing with loved ones with Alzheimer's. It was just like one sure. more year of to-do stuff. So we didn't push it in agencies like that, but we showed up scheduling-wise to where folks opened the doors and said, we need you, we want you. Mm -hmm. We did. So we have 40 plus and minus of us teaching. Obviously, we have a bookkeeper, director of operations, development director, and each project has a project leader. And Kristen Varadian is a great example. She's our recovery leader and our veterans program leader. And she also is our student advocate. And what that means is if students have trouble connecting online or finding the studio or location, she's their go-to. And there's always someone to return a phone call. I love your energy and you, you do so much, you know, whether you're on the news desk, whether you're at Shree. So when you're not doing all this work, what do you do for fun, Allison? Um, we ski, Dave and I like to ski. We have two dogs, one's 65 pounds and one's 18. So we spend a lot of time with our dogs. I like to garden and we love going out to dinner. So we're, we're with friends almost every weekend. And Good we get a little you. bit of time in Vermont too, just because it's kind of nice once in a while to have some downtime. Yes. <laughs> I literally have to schedule in and Vermont, we go back and forth. We drive there every other weekend to just kind of have alone time, the two of us. So I don't do any right. shree. Well, I do a little bit of shree work when I'm in Vermont, but I don't do any teaching in Vermont right now. Well, I love the message of shree. You know, it's important to show up. And I've learned so much of life is not about the chase. It's about being at the right place with the right people. And it That's looks like you've done that. Right. Allison, thank you so much for making a difference in so many lives, for living with intention and giving back. Really appreciate the conversation. Well, Deb, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. <laughs> I end each show with a quote, and this one is from Steve Covey, an educator and author. The key is not to prioritize your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. So Absolutely. True. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm Deborah Giro. Thank you so much for joining us. Amazing women available again online at amazingwomenri.com. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay well.